0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Thursday night in the second week of our new year of 2019. This is Off The Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, and I want to welcome each and every one of you to the show tonight as you all know this show is growing by leaps and bounds it's just taking on its own life form and i can't stop it I, I don't i quit trying there's two ways you can get on this show you can come on as a guest or you can become a sponsor for the show and if you become a sponsor for the show i'll run your ad for 30 days for $10 and no matter how many shows i have in that 30 days I will run your ad If for some reason I have to reschedule a show Because things in my life are still kind of crazy Your ad will follow the show So you will get your 30 days You can renew your ad Anytime you wish for as long as you wish So with that being said You can contact me at OffTheChainRadio at Yahoo.com Because remember ladies and gentlemen We are heard in over 200 countries We have um, About 250,000 listeners And this show is put on several different podcasts after it goes into archives so it's an opportunity for you to be heard in places you have never been heard before and with that being said i want to welcome a new sponsor to the show dirt road sunset if you listen to the show before christmas they were a guest on the show it's four guys george sandy dave and ed And their songs are available on iTunes, Reverb Nation, Amazon, CD Baby. And they're a mixture of bluegrass, rock and roll, country, old school. And all the proceeds from these sales go to support Breast Cancer, Children's Hospital, Disabled American Veterans, and CERT, the training of canine search and rescue and service dogs. So, This is a great opportunity to support an indie band as well as support these different organizations. So check them out, that's Dirt Road Sunset, and they are found where all indie music is available. Diane Moat, she's been on the show before. She has a series of books, and they're called the Sam Holden Series, and Sam Holden is our favorite vigilante. She has released her third book in the series. And Dog Bones, Sam's quest to avenge abused animals is threatened when the FBI comes after her on one side and the commissioner wants her dead on the other. Will her double life be exposed? Will she be able to protect the animals, her friends, and herself? Check out Dog Bones by Diane Moat everywhere ebooks are sold. If you haven't started the series yet, be sure to begin with Doggone by Diane Moat for free on Amazon. As all of you know, um, Traveler Pelton has been on this show. She has a new book out. It's called The Importance of Family. It came out at the end of December. Traveler's back with all the political intrigue, hard science fiction, and adventure her fans have come to expect from her tales. And Book 8 of the Generations of the Oberlin Family Chronicles, Noah, Volaka, Zanya, Jasmine, Scott, Gabriel... Katrana and their families chase through the world, putting their family, resources, intellect, an espionage network against the Brotherhood, erecting protective domes all over their safe houses and laboratories as they are like <laughs> traitors, and the military is sent to take them into custody. As the planet's plant life dies from the sickened water, the mutations spread throughout the animal kingdom. The Oberlands are made the scapegoats for all the world's problems. When Micah and Alexander are kidnapped, Noel has to call in help from all the worldwide family to bring them home. As the family worldwide retreat to the dome, they wonder if they will hold through military bombardment. Will the earth survive or has the destruction of the environment and the population plummet gone too far to recover? Will only the people of the domes make it to the next millennium? This book and all of Traveler's books are available on Amazon. Just type in J Traveler Pelton and you will be taken to her page. Have a look, download, some for yourself to enjoy on all those cold, dark, and long winter afternoons when all you want to do is stay in. Don't forget to leave them a review on Amazon because they are always appreciated. You can also visit Traveler on her webpage, TravelerPelton.com. And with that, I want to welcome another who is in. I'm a crazy person as well as working a full-time job. Author Melinda Cacera. She writes fantastic short stories, novels, and books when not being kidnapped by dragons or chased by armies of fictional characters. They do on occasion rescue her. She leaves running up her newsletter to a cast of lovable characters who hog her inbox. But enough about her. It's them you're really interested in, her cast of characters. Join them every week for a new story at www.mcacera.com forward slash welcome characters. Melinda, welcome to the show. Your your year is starting off with a bang. Isn't it? <laughs> I hope so. I'm wondering, do you ever sleep? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, every night I have to. I I
2: couldn't get through my day job if I didn't. And your day job what? is your
1: projects manager, right? Yes. And just from from my being in corporate America, that job can be stressful on its own. It's a lot of details
2: um, to manage. A lot of things to keep track of. And
1: not just things, you have to keep track of people, too, don't you? Um.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I have to make sure that the work that's done, if I if I parcel it out to the various, you know, the designers and developers, and make sure that it's done and, you know, any communication that needs to happen between them and the stakeholders, that it does happen, if we need approvals, if we need more information, I need to sit in meetings, that I make sure, you know, I make sure that all happens, pull together whatever needs to be pulled together,
1: Stuff. <laughs> well, and, and the reason I bring it up is because people that don't write and don't publish, unless they are project managers, they cannot fully relate to that because when we write, when we publish, we also act like project managers with our own stuff. Oh, yeah. You got to you gotta wear so many hats. And you got to parcel some stuff out, and sometimes it gets kind of crazy. Just like we talked before the show, you and your cover designers couldn't come to a meeting of the mind so you accepted compromise. Sometimes that's kind of tough, though, isn't it? It is, but you know, sometimes it's what you got to do because
2: of their their skill level, or like what's, or sometimes it's just a matter of like what's available. Some designers you know, only work with stock images. So if there aren't any stock images, which is what I run into a lot, because I write a story about a father and a son, there just aren't any pictures of kids in, you know, fantasy garb. I mean, getting model releases for kids is very difficult. So that's, you know, I, there's a lot of designers that I just can't use because there just isn't stock photography for it. So then I end up having to use illustrators. And some illustrators are comfortable drawing characters from scratch. Some of them prefer to work from, you know, a stock image where they and where they have the face and some other details, and they'll draw the rest in. And some of them will completely wholesale draw everything on their own. But you know, that's a sliding scale of price, and
0: you know, and then
2: the, obviously the better designers who can do everything from scratch. In addition to price, you, you know, there could be a long wait times getting on their calendar. So you have to sort of find the best. You know, what's in your price range, what's in your timeline, and, and then you just have to work with within their within their capabilities
1: well and fantasy is is time consuming within itself because not only do you run into the, the challenges with the cover designers but you as the, the writer have to develop a storyline from absolutely nothing yeah well I mean, all writers are building it from nothing but some of us for me for instance, I take real places and build a story around that, but y'all have to create oh, yeah, no. your 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 country, your land, your oh, yeah. demographic, your foliage everything, your people yeah. everything it's it's that that would drive me crazy i I would never get anything written kudos to you, my friend. how in the world do you do it?
2: I mean, I start with something that I know, like um, a lot of my stories are set in a place with similar weather, similar plant life to where I live in the northeast of the United States. So I, I start with that. I was like, well, what can grow here? What are the seasons like? Okay, well, if they're going to be in a place like Hudson Valley, let's say, then whatever we have here is what they can have. So I'll just sort of look stuff up, like what can grow here? What are the kinds of things that that they might have to deal with? Then you have to deal with the fact that, you know, in the world we live in, when you look around, not everything that you're looking at is is something that was growing here at the time. Some of it is stuff that's brought here from other countries. You have to decide, are we going to
0: incorporate
2: that in? Or, you know, how do you want to deal with that? you want to decide, all right, well, since it does grow here now, we can, you know, it is fantasy. We can decide that they can have them too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I can tell you, you you have my my greatest regard and hero worship because I have a hard time reading fantasy, much less trying to write it. Yeah. It's amazing it can what be hard did.
2: It can be hard to get into. Like I can understand why some people have a, hard, have a hard time with fantasy because there is there's not, you're depending on the author to give you some signpost, some, some touchstone to connect. Their world to the reality that you know, so that you can empathize and you can, you know, immerse yourself in this world. And some authors do it better than others. Um, I read something I love fantasy, and they're just some fantasy books that I just could not get into because there were no signposts on the road, there were no touchstones, there was nothing to connect that what the thing in their head with what's in reality as I know it. And I just I was like, I just can't. There's just I need a bridge, and you didn't build me a bridge, <laughs> correct.
1: Now, see, I could not read Tolkien's The Hobbit. My sister loved it. I couldn't read it, but I could watch it when it came out. Because you had
2: all that, because in, in watching it, you had the signposts, you had, it connected uh-huh. you. You could see it, and you can be, you know, you're seeing trees that you, you know, that you see, you see around, you're seeing beautiful vistas, and you're seeing the, the emotions of the characters and they go through, and, and also in the movies, like, they cut out a lot of the poaching stuff and they made the language a little bit more accessible. I have actually read all the, read the Tolkien books and seen the movies. I did not read the book before seeing the movie. I meant to, but I was in college at the time and it just didn't work out. <laughs> so I did see the movie and then read the book. Um, I've read the book many times since then, but I, I think I'm not, I sometimes I wonder if I hadn't seen the movie first, would I have enjoyed the book quite as much? Because I came into it already knowing something about it. And I already had that connection. You know, that bridge was there. And when I read it, there's, like, all this stuff and all this poetry. And the whole beginning of the book, they randomly go on these things that just weren't in the movie. Like, you cut out a bunch of their random wanderings. And I'm like, wait a minute. When are you going to go, I don't know, destroy the ring? When are you going to go do the thing you're supposed to do in here? You're just wandering around. (laughs) Doing doing things that have no relationship to what happens here. (laughs) And then eventually we get to meet, meeting of it, and I'm like, okay, now, now. But if I hadn't, so I can understand why it puts people off. Like, a lot of fantasy authors get, like, really upset about the whole Tolkien thing, but I'm not one of those people. Like, I totally understand because I had that mm-hmm. experience. Like, I did watch the movie first. So I came into it knowing where this was all going. But if you had just picked it up, like, the first couple hundred pages, like, there's just, it doesn't seem like it's going anywhere. So I understand that a lot of people don't kick it past that. And there's a lot of poetry, like long passages, not like a few lines here and there. There's just long passages of it that just go on and on. You're like, um, I don't understand what they're talking about because the whole thing is in verse. And it's written in kind of archaic language and mimicking archaic language. And it's calling up, referencing a whole mythos and stuff that I don't know anything about. Like, there's just, there's nothing for me to to touch and and relate to in here. So I don't do that in my stuff. If I put I'm a little bit of poetry bit. here and there, it's a teeny bit here and there, and that's it. And we use very simple language. <laughs> <laughs> it's more because, like, in those days, you had no TV or radio, so, so you know, people, you know, catchy lines and stuff get caught in your head, and, you know, that's it. You don't know, you hear, you hear a minstrel sing a song, and, you know, the guy gets, gets caught in your head. so in, in, in the book that you written is poetry, but I'll just put a teeny bit here and there, because, you know, we all wander around singing songs and stuff, and, you know, and that was their entertainment at the time. So I'm, like, cognizant of that. And I think people can and relate it, to that because, like, we on wander around singing stuff for a while.
1: Sorry. Yeah, I think that's okay. Songs get caught in my head all the time, and it aggravates me because I can't get out of my own head, so it won't, they won't shut up. And, and for no random reason, they just, it just starts. And you want to just put your hands over yours, but that doesn't do any good either. Now, I'm going to back up just a little bit, because when I went on your website, you put out a Christmas book called Sterling Christmas, and somehow I missed that. Oh, Steely Christmas?
2: It's actually, um, I started. It's, it's actually not a book that's out for you to buy. I'm writing it each week in the newsletter as sort of a special gift to my subscribers. Like, I always have a story in, in every newsletter. And I try at least once a year to write something that's specifically for the, the, the folks in my newsletter. And if you're not on the newsletter list, then, then you're not getting this. Um, I do publish them. Um, when they're finished and put them out for for everyone, but um, it is right now it is exclusively just in the newsletter. There's and and it's posted on my website as well. Um, it, it it was just something that I liked to to do. I've been doing it since I started this whole publishing thing. People really love it, so um, I just I like my newsletter to be fun. I look forward to putting it together. It's a bright light in my week. Um,
1: I understand. just like that. a hamster
2: wheel, you know. You you get up, you go to work, you work on the books, and just my little break where I can just do something fun. Just for you. Oh, it's for the fans. It's for it's for readers too. So.
1: And I, get I lots also. Of I found out something interesting that I'm going to have to check into and see if I can get it on my. I don't have an Android. I have an iPhone. You use the Hemingway app. Explain that to our listeners and, and future writers because it's very interesting how you use that. Um oh, well, I used it for a couple of books. Now I
2: don't really use it so much anymore. Like what the Hemingway app is is um Hemingway had his own way of writing, it was very spare, he used very simple language, he used short sentences, um so, and that's what the Hemingway app is. Like, it'll point out, like, um, if your if your sentence is getting too long and complicated, it points out if you're using words that are, you know, that you could be using simpler language. It'll point out if you're if you're not using like action-based language, like if you're using sort of passive constructions. Um, and because you want everything to be in that active voice, like I went there, I I threw the ball. You don't want to you don't want to say the ball threw me. Um, although that wouldn't be a passive construction. but that would be just kind of strange. Um, but mm-hmm. you I see all kinds of strange things when I when I edit uh people's writing. So,
1: um. okay, I see all kind of strange things when I look at my own I go, Did I really write that that way? Have I lost my mind? Oh, I really at the best the best thing is when you, if you ever use the voice
2: to text thing is you're doing something else and you're like, Oh, I've got this idea and I just need to get it down but I can't sit here and type it out I, I need to be doing this other thing and you're talking into your phone and you're expecting the phones to be translating your words exactly as you were saying them and then you read it back and you're like what is this <laughs> what, what, what where was did that you thinking? get that from this bears no resemblance to a, the idea <laughs> that i had <laughs> there's been some <laughs> fabulous ones on there apparently i have some accent that the phone can't understand <laughs> i just they, i mean some i just Oh yeah, and then I end up having to retype the whole thing, anyways. I was like, "Well, this is the way to If You're ready to laugh? So, Just turn on the speech to text us and talk to it. <laughs> <You're> guaranteed to <laughs> get some strange
1: things. <laughs> it's something that you're you're not even sure what it is. So, oh, yeah. as a, as a fantasy author, you have put out some interesting books, and before we get into these books. I'm going to run some sponsorships right quick, and that way we don't have to take another break. And then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about these books, because just the synopsis, even though I'm not a fantasy reader, makes me want to read them.
2: Oh, wow. Oh, what a, yeah. Wow. I'm going to have to read some of these synopsis. <laughs> Some of
1: these, I write them up and I'm like, God, these sound terrible. I'm going no, to watch them. They make me want to read them. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, author Melinda Casera, who writes fantastic, fantastic short stories, novels, and books. That is, when she's not being kidnapped by dragons or chased by armies of fictional characters. We will return to learn more about her books and about four minutes. This is Off The Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, and we will be right back. Best-selling and award-winning author of true crime and crime fiction, Yvonne Mason is back with a brand new book, The Pink Canary, a book that delves
3: into
0: the life of a drag queen and a marvelous whodunit. You can find this and all of Yvonne's other works on Amazon.com or find Yvonne Mason on Facebook and Twitter
3: to kill me.
1: Buy your copy of Pink Canary now. Do you have cougars on your porch swing? (coughs) Are horses your new best friend? Do your nicest shoes get buried knee deep in snow as your toes turn blue? Are you bothered by wolves
4: at your woodpile? No, not that kind of wolf. Join wildlife artist and author Nancy Quinn and her family as they discover an exciting new life in Go West, Young Woman, a true Montana adventure. Available online and in bookstores. Or visit QuinnWildlifeArt.com for a personalized signed copy. Critics agree, it's a hoot.
3: Germany, 1938.
4: Charlotte, a young girl of 15, wanders into Georg's cobbler's shop to have her shoes repaired. Georg, enamored by Charlotte's charm and grace, decides then and there that he's going to marry her. But they must keep their love a secret from family, friends, and, most importantly, the Nazis. Follow along as Georg's pursuit of the young Charlotte results in the couple traveling a heart-stopping, winding route to stay one step ahead of the Gestapo in their escape from Nazi Germany, with a surprising twist along the way. If you like history and romance, don't miss Good Things Always Happen in Springtime by Joanne Fisher, available at www.joannesbooks.com.
0: Juliana is a middle aged housewife in Toronto with a career, a husband that has little interest in her well being, and three children. In the evenings, she gets on her computer and chats with people around the world. When she gets involved with Aaron and Bobby, her life becomes a pinball, bouncing around her husband, her job, her children, and her two online friends. She's bewitched by the romantic poetry of Aaron but the honesty and kindness of Bobby bring her all the way to California. Watch for the ironic twist of fate that takes her in a direction she never expected. If you like spicy romances, don't miss With All of Me by Joanne Fisher. Available at www.joannesbooks.com
4: Fiore is a young Italian woman engaged to be married. But her plans are interrupted by a charismatic Sebastian, a handsome middle-aged Spanish businessman. Her beauty strikes him like a thunderbolt sent by the goddess Venus herself. When she's given a peculiar gift, a Spanish doll, she's thrown into a whirlwind of entangled passion, money, secrets, and love.
0: Their romance sparks in a charming little Italian town located on the southern part of Lake Garda in northern Italy and takes them around the globe.
4: What happens when her life is suddenly shattered by a lifelong secret? Her Spanish doll will bring you to a caliente
0: Spain and a romantic Italy,
4: adding some spice along the way. Available at www.joannesbooks.com.
1: And we are back. This is off the chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason with my guest, author, Melinda Cassera, and she writes fantasy and, and before the break we were getting ready to talk about her fantasy books. I'm sitting here looking at The Curse Breaker, which books you have books one through four, so it's a series of books, correct? Uh yeah, Book Five just came out in uh December. God. Well, the the I cover of the Enchanted is amazing. Oh, thank you. I
2: did that one. <laughs> the readers recently asked me if I'm going to redo it to match some of the other ones, and I said yes, but I haven't quite come up with a concept yet. To tell them oh, that. I kind
1: of like it. I kind of like it the way you too. have it. It because it the the synopsis of this lady is is called um, it, it goes start no fires, carry no weapons, and do no harm. Those three rules safeguarded countless travelers through the enchanted forest until they didn't. One boy's murder ripped open a gateway allowing evil to enter. Now, no one is safe from corruption. Enchanted trees take Sarn to where the forest failed to uphold its rules. Seeing a dead child gifted with the same magic as his son unhinges Sarn. He vows to find out the truth no matter what the cost, but... His gift is untrained and finding answers won't be easy. Sarn must balance nights serving the rangers with days dedicated to hiding his son from the dark forces stalking them both. When Sarn's masters demand he abandon the quest, he faces an impossible choice. Doom the ghost, whose murderer, whose murder endangers them all or die from the backlash of breaking his word. With the odds stacked against him, can Sarn fix anything or will all be loosed? Well, and then you've got the more epic version. So, yeah, well, the first, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, the that. first version. Well, the first version came out, and um, I, I put the first version out in I think it was two thousand and sixteen. It was um, I I. My sister passed away in 2014, and her last words to me was to publish the Curse Breaker series, which I had been working on for a number of years, um, which she liked. um, And she'd been bugging me to publish it, and I hadn't. So she passed away, and I worked on it some more, rewrote it, and rewrote it some more, and rewrote it probably more than it needed to be rewritten. And I finally put it out, and then I decided to and then I it, it just became sort of like this book that must be perfect because it came to symbolize that promise that I'd made to her so I rewrote it again and I put that out some more epic versions I felt it was just and just made it a stronger book um I probably I, I readers are kind of some readers really love the original version. Some readers really love it. the more epic version. It's sort of a book that everybody has a different opinion on. Um, I started rewriting it again. It's just a book that I just can't stop. I just need to, to leave it alone. <laughs> I, just, I need to stop and leave it alone and write more books. Readers eat all to like stop every time I mention my newsletters are written from the, power of char- from the perspective of my characters, so um, I let them, so they complain about me in the newsletter, like, oh, our scribe is rewriting and chance again for the fourth time. We just tell her to stop. And so, <laughs> I just put it in there to be entertaining. You know, cause just, I, I like to do what's going on in, in life, and my life is kind of boring. <laughs> I go to work, and I work on <laughs> books, and that's basically it. So, you know, occasionally I have to get kidnapped by monsters and, and saved by the characters. And, and and that's all in the newsletter. We've had all kinds of adventures where they have rescued me from crazy situations. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, so I I just put that in as like a throwaway comic because I was feeling kind of blue and I was thinking of my sister. And I took it out and started working on it again instead of working on the book that they're waiting for. An email and they're like, just stop. Leave it alone. The book is fine. We love it as it is. <laughs> Worse than all, you know. Um, and like that's part of its charm, is that it's not perfect, and that you know they get because it, it's a series, so it evolves over time.
1: So, and and the second one, and and we've yes. come full circle. The second one is called Darkens. Now, this this cover, ladies and gentlemen, is just amazing. I like the the silhouette of the father and son on the cover. And the, 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 the main focus is the, the, the face, and he's holding light. And this is what it says. With faith that's his shield, can an old warrior triumph against a demon yeah. while all other weapons fail? God's never had a warrior quite like Jerlo on his side. When a demon's body and a book of black magic turn up missing, the commander of the rangers must get off his butt and go find them. The question of what happened to them prods Jurlo to seek out the one person he swore he'd never speak to again. A man everyone thinks is long dead. Jerlo's relentless quest leads to the Obulet in a psycho cell where shadows of his past take him captive. Jerlo must outwit the dark force rising in his home without magic before he falls under its sway. The life of his ward hangs in the balance. One wrong move and the young man God asked him to protect will end up a mindless ottoman or worse dead. In a land where magic is their only hope, can a man of faith triumph against a foe who can magic up deadly minions? Now, tell me about this book because this is interesting. it's it's actually a really
2: I love this story it's just it's such a fun romp it's the it's 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 actually um Tharn's boss is the head of the rangers so and the second book is about his boss because these two items at the end of the first book just kind of went missing and I was like wait a minute I can't leave them as missing like what happened to them we need to figure out what happened to them who has them why they have them and that led to this whole crazy adventure and I was like you know what I need to write this and put this out. It's, it's just too interesting. And, and Sarn and his son are in this. They're just, they have just a very small role because they're sort of in a lot of trouble with this. Um, and, yeah, it's just turned it's out to be just such a fun book. And, and it was interesting, too, because he doesn't really doesn't have any magic. He's just this extremely, like, faithful guy. So when things go wrong, he's like, all right, Lord, I can use a miracle. That would be awesome. <laughs>
1: Today would be
2: good. Well, the, yes, the cover, Oliver, He just kind of goes along you know, and he's like, all right, God, any help you could throw my way? All right, I guess I haven't been all that great um, <laughs> since you're not throwing any help in my
1: direction. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'll, he do, basically I'll do some penance if you save me. <laughs> he, he, he has to rely on two things. He has to rely on his faith in God and he has to rely on his own wits to get him out of yes. these dark places. I love it. And he's very it's, resourceful. It is absolutely a great premise for a story because it, to me, it would make one sit back and, and evaluate one's own life. I like that idea. Now let's go no, to it, faceted. Fun book. It, it looks That's like it would be. Book. Now it's faceted one with the newer cover, Yes. I think I was- I redid this one. It, it is too cute. Now this is yeah.
2: Go ahead. I was gonna say this book brings us back to focus back on the father and the son, which is what the series is about. But it, I do plan to take a bunch of side excursions where we let other characters sort of take the wheel and and take you on wild adventures. Um but this is back to the father and the son, which are the the father is the curse breaker, the heart of the series. So this is back to them being the focus. They're in trouble again.
1: Um, they can stay in trouble, don't they?
2: No, they're, it's just their situation. It's, it, he's kind of caught between a rock and a hard place. Like not getting into trouble is sort of, yeah, unless his life situation changes, that's kind of impossible.
1: <laughs> he doesn't have much control over his own life, so. And, and, and this one, ladies and gentlemen, it goes, In a subterranean world where light is everything, can an untrained mage and his son stop the encroaching darkness? He is an untrained mage spying on the men responsible for his best friend's demise with his young son in tow. Those men are hunting for magic-stealing rocks to fuel a zealot's quest. When greed collides, something far worse is released. And it's hungry for a certain Madge and his son, who will survive the dark terror looking under the mountain. This makes me want to read this book. It's a fun story. There's some really fun
2: scenes in there. There's some, it was, there's some like...
1: Enjoy. Go on. Sorry. Just, that's okay. Just the, the, the covers <laughs> alone, because now I've gone to Fall's. And you use use the that same be the one that I did. I love it. Because you've got That's, the father that was 3D modeled. Yeah, you've got the father sending out the magic and the little boy's trying to emulate his father as most children yes. do. Those who doubt will fail. Something evil is loose in Mount Erdrin? Right, yeah. However you want to it pronounce it's, it's fine. It's determined to keep Sarn away from the enchanted forest and the menace destroyed it. This time, Ghost Bear can't save him. Neither can the Queen of All Trees because she's locked in a deadly duel with a foe that's beyond her power to stop. With his son by his side, Sarn must face down a legendary evil with only a ragtag bunch of reluctant magical construants at his side. If he fails, Shayar will fall and the adversary will Shaari will fall and the adversary will add an unstoppable monster to his ranks. But doubts the self so and He's not sure he's the hero the world needs. And if he became that man would he still be the father his son needs. In a world where magic is powerful, is powered by belief, such doubts can have lethal consequences. One will rise and one will fall. These are amazing, Melinda.
2: Thank you. I she wrote that blur. You're reading it, and I'm like, oh, maybe I should
1: edit. Maybe I should fix it again. <laughs> it's beautiful because I can't speak English tonight. But the, the blurbs are great. Oh,
0: it makes you. me want.
1: It makes me want to read the books. And like I said, I am not a fan. To, it even the covers make me want to read
2: the books. That one I just redid over the Christmas. I was off for a week for Christmas. Yeah. This break and I redid the couple of covers, like it was up to like three in the morning, like read and yeah, this is one of the ones that I
1: lost some sleep over. <laughs> oh blush. Well you shouldn't have because it's beautiful. Now, Shards for his present. You've got it as a curse breaker novel, but is it a standalone?
2: Um I originally started writing it in the newsletter and it became like this giant thing and then and I it's it's actually a frame story and part of the frame story is set years later when the son the son is four in the current series in the books one through five but in in shard in the um shard's first present or, or were you that's the, that that one is set when he's a teenager um so i'm still working on that but there's it it's it, i can't put it out because it's like there's too many spoilers in it, so I have to wait. Oh. But there is, a, there is a middle story, like it's a frame story. It's a story within a story, and the other story within the story, I am going to put out uh, this September as part of a, um, a box that I don't – it doesn't have a name yet, the box set. So that's coming out in September. I'm working on that. That tells us – it's, it's um, the first it's, – it's way back. It's that during the uh, – when the sun is, like, just a baby – uh, he was kidnapped by some really bad people, and Sarn had to get him back. And he, at the time, because Sarn is only about 2021 20, when this series was taking place, so when his son was a baby, he was only about 16, 17 years old. So, but nobody knows he has the son, so he's got to find the people who took his son. And he wasn't there when the son was taken because he was at work. So now he's got to figure out what happened, find his son, get him back, and he's got to do all this without anybody finding out what happened, so he doesn't really have any help.
1: And so it's, it's a really fun story. I have about half of it written. So. Well, I can't wait till you put the shards the, um, for his present out. Because, ladies and gentlemen, listen to this. this is, and she's got it titled, Update Number One. I'm the main character in this one. Yes, me, Rand, your newsletter narrator. That's right. You're stuck in my bubbly teenage head as I run into some time-bending trouble. It all started with a mysterious orb and an old woman. I know, I shouldn't accept presents from strangers, but it was shiny, and you know how much I like, I love glowing things. But this orb showed me more than I bargained for. It uncovered things Papa didn't want me to know, and this time, he doesn't know I'm in danger. Hmm. That one she'll be yeah. really, really, really interesting. So you're yeah. your y your young man just keeps finding all kinds of problems. Oh, yeah. Then you went you you're amazing. You went from <laughs> from magic to angels and demons. Yes. Oh, I love that book, yeah. And ladies and gentlemen, for those of you that don't know which one we're talking about, it's called His Angelic Keeper and the cover is Killer melinda it is absolutely stunning
2: i it was a it was a pre-made that a designer did she put it up and also there's always people complain they don't have any money because it's over christmas and i was like i must have this (laughs) it's the perfect cover it's better than the one i have so i snapped it up
1: i love it not all angels come in peace and they're not alone one demon two dragons five angels and a pack of memory-stealing beasts stand between one young woman and When a supernatural conspiracy threatens her still-living twin and his young son, it's time for desperate measures. Sylvan might be dead, but she won't let incorporality or amnesia stop her. To save her brother, she must first regain her past, but in doing so, she uncovers a dangerous secret, an angel killed to protect, and he's not alone. When Sylvan crossed the line between life and death, she undermined the balance that underpins reality. Now a host of angels are out to stop her before she destabilizes it any further. For everything, there's a price, even for saving those she loves. Unless Sylvan can find a loophole, all of reality might pay the ultimate price just so she can save her brother and his son. But she'd better hurry. Her magical twin is fighting for his life against a powerful demon bent on taking his soul and his son is next in line. His Angelic Keeper is the first book in a humorous, action-packed sword and sorcery series, say that fast three times, starring Sullivan <laughs> from the Breaker series. With no allies to help her, this plucky ghost must brazen her way through the formless memory-leaching gray of limbo to the purple spheres of heaven itself, and that might not even be enough to stop what's coming. Okay, you 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 had me at not all not all angels come in peace. <laughs> well, this one they don't. <laughs> Tell me about how did this come about? Oh, um. Oh, an
2: author friend of mine had put up a notice that she was doing an anthology on angels and magic, and I was like, oh, I have this great character who showed up in in Enchanted, it was Sarn's sister, she had passed away, and she showed up as a ghost to help him towards, at, at the end of the book, and she wasn't able to help as much as she had wanted, and it just sort of raised an interesting thing, like, well, if you're a ghost, like, where are you, and what have you been doing all this time, and wh- you know, what's going on with you? So I just started, I just got in her head and had a look around, and this incredible story came out, and um, and then she ended up showing up in, in book four, Curse Breaker Falls, and then again in book five, Curse Breaker Sundered, um, to help him out. Like, so I think it just sort of evolved into this, in, So now she's like back and forth between her books and his books, and it's sort of a, it's sort of fun. She's, she's a busy ghost. She's a little bit more than a ghost, as you find out in the book. But something happened. She's not quite a ghost. Not quite... So she's she's a very interesting tale. I don't, I don't want to give away the the big twist.
1: Oh, absolutely um, not! Because then you just spoil everything.
2: So with that being said, we're,
1: we're going to move on to ride the darkness. Now this cover, dragons and and good looking men. He's the lord of the sea, so I guess it's a water dragon. It was supposed to be a routine patrol, the first year of this year's graduates, but nothing about it is routine when a shadow climbs aboard and starts killing trainees and their trainers. Bored after his bored out of his mind from drilling the trainees, then hits the deck to check out his sea dragon, unaware there's a silent killer aboard. More than gossip with her fellow dragons, is keeping his dragon awake this night and him too. An old power stirring, setting all the dragons and those like Arnavan who, who are magic gift on edge. One man and his mute dragon plan to send them all the way to a watery grave to keep that magic and what it unlocks a secret. But they'll have to go through Arnavan and his dragon first, and they're the best warriors to sail the Star Sea in a long, long time. Okay, you've got dragons, you've got warriors, you've got intrigue. Where'd this one come from?
2: SM has an actually a really interesting story. Um, in 2000, you know, 2008, like, you know, the economy took kind of a turn, and I was working for a company, and um, actually, no, was it 2007? Uh, it was what, whatever the year was. It was 2007, 2008. And I'd been working for a company doing kind of the same thing I do now, and they, the company had hit some hard times, and they just I walked into work, Actually, I think it was like January 9th or something in in 2007 or 2008, which which is kind of interesting because today is January 10th. (laughs) It was around this time then. And I walked in and and they called us into a meeting at 11 o'clock. They were laying off 30% of the company and I was one of those 30%. (laughs) Oh, lovely. I, yeah, so they had a security card. I was going back to my desk. I had to pack my things and make sure that it didn't take anything with a mine. So I'm going home on the train and I'm all upset. And I'm like, how am I going to pay my bills? What am I going to do? And while I was looking for a job, and, and in, as back then, I mean, jobs were harder to get. I went to interview after interview and it was sort of mind numbing. I ended up getting it. Mean, I just started writing a story about this water world and it was sort of like Pirates of the Caribbean meets like. Um, Star Wars meets like like the like Lost of Dragons and it just sort of went from there and end up writing um two and a two or three two and a half books um and I just I decided you know because this is this this year twenty nineteen and it's it's the ten year anniversary of this company I've been with I was like you know I really want to put this dragon story out you know sort of like as a hey I got through this this that period of unemployment I would end up being out of work for almost two years before I finally got this job that I'm at now you know so I just wanted to put this out sort of like you know it was sort of like to me this, this series is like a symbol of triumph you know something good came out of that almost two years of like me like scrimping and, and going crazy and going to interview and, and just
0: going to mine
2: looking at the job site like just trying to get a foot back in the door somewhere <laughs> so
3: well, that's that, where the
2: that crazy that. idea came from you cry my eyes out on a Metro-North tree.
1: <laughs> the, the story and the cover is absolutely amazing. And then that brings the last book that, that's on your list. And we don't I don't have a, see a cover for it yet, so I'm assuming it's still it's still in the birthing room. And it's called Robbing the Rogues, ladies and gentlemen. And this is a curse breaker crossover novel. And it I, it, it hasn't come out yet. But the small synopsis is this: They took her daughter. Now she's taking her baby back. On the longest night of the year, the Wild Hunt used to roam freely through the enchanted forest. But they were just a legend until they rode into camp and kidnapped Robin's daughter. It's not just her child that, that is not just her child the Wild Hunt kidnapped. They took the son, a young maid Mash, is raising in secret, and he wants his baby back. With the help from that mage and his enigmatic friend, who might be more dangerous than the hunters who kidnap their children, robbing hunting the hunters, and failure is not an option. Did she show up in any of the Cursebreaker books?
2: No, this will be her first appearance. That this is the um, that was the frame story within the shards um, for his present. Like that was the story that that Star and son end up like seeing was that oh my god when I was a baby somebody kidnapped me well, I didn't you know oh how did, how did that happen
0: <laughs> that, was, that was
2: the frame story inside and um since I can't do his story yet because it, it brings out too many spoilers but I can do that inside story because it takes place before book one so there's no spoilers in it <laughs> um it's sort of like a prequel so that, it's kind of a prequel, yeah. But it also uh, introduces um a Robin who is my um Lady Archer, uh who's also a ranger, who's you know, she's a warrior in her own right, but she doesn't have any magic, so she's wandering around a country that's hundred percent enchanted forest, um, you know, trying to make a living, trying to do her thing with the with her daughter who's just a baby and you know, looking for work and um she doesn't have any magic to protect her. So if she runs into problems of a magical nature, she's got to get out of it on her own wits. <laughs> so.
1: Well, if if when this one comes out, if it's anything like the others, and if the cover is anything like the other covers, you're going to be writing about these people until you're old and gray, Melinda, because your readers are not going to get enough of them. They're like their addiction of choice. <laughs>
2: That would be great. Then I have, a, yeah, I have to retire and not worry about Social Security.
1: <laughs> there you go.
2: <laughs> It'll be there when I retire.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's probably going to be gone. I, I suspect it's going to be gone pretty quick. But that being said, your, your characters are so real and so believable in the covers that you have used. With your characters, for instance, the the face on the book Darkens, he looks conflicted. He looks battle-worn and weary. He looks like faith is the only thing he's got to hold on to, and sometimes he probably wonders if that's even enough. No, I think we all wonder that sometimes. I, I agree, but that shows up in, in the, the face of this man, and it's it's absolutely amazing how you captured that when you put that cover together. I love it. He's actually a stock photo,
2: so I can't take 100% credit for that. Um, no, I did. But, but you did find it. Bit.
1: Yeah, but yes. you did find it. Lots of searching. The silhouette of the of the father and son. You should go into cover designing, my friend. I think you would do real well at it. Oh really? <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Because you have a it, it takes a certain before the show I told you that the cover designer that I have I've been using for since two thousand seven. It's two thousand nineteen mm-hmm. now, so twelve years I've been using her. Wow. And all I have to do is give her just a snippet of the book, and she nails it every time. It's like she gets in my head or that my characters get in her head. I don't know what, but she knows how to make the covers pop. And I think you should just keep doing what you do because you do an amazing job.
2: Well, I can't take credit for all of them. I mean, many of them are mine, but some of them, some of the really pretty ones are done by other people. The dragon one I didn't do. Um, I wanted to do one, but I really wanted this to have a, a really pretty cover um, because it it means so much to me, this series. <laughs> it's like triumph. It's like It's like, you did it, girl. You went from the lowest of the low to crying your eyes out on a train about a job you really didn't like. <laughs> You know, it's a two years of, you know, almost two years of misery trying to get a job and you finally get one and it pays you less than half of what you were making before. But then you freak out because you don't, how am I, you know, and you and I was in debt at the time when I got the, net, the job that I have now, because I didn't want to default on any bills. So I was taking, I was paying one bill with a credit card and another credit card with another one. And we were just uh-huh. we were shuffling the debt and, yeah. you know, and then, I'm still paying it off, you know, all that debt. And um, you know, and it was it was scary because when you get to that almost a two year mark and you couldn't find anything, like I couldn't even get a retail job. It was just nothing. Um, and and you know, and, and to have this to show for, to be able to put it out there and have it do well and have pretty covers. Like I I feel like that's it's sort of like it's like like a triumph. It's like saying, Hey, you know, I
1: survived this. And something great came out of it. And yes, ma'am, to both of those statements. But never never give up designing your own covers because the covers that you design they speak. And they speak loudly. They're beautiful, beautiful covers. Thank you. And you're not you are welcome, but you're not gonna believe this. Our hours almost up. Oh, Already. You're having such fun. I know. It always happens. So before we completely run out of time, will you tell the folks where you can be found and where your books can be found and how they can get your wonderful newsletter?
2: Well, if you come to my website, uh, com and okay. there's a C in Kussara, um so it's not exactly spelled how it sounds. Uh, you can, there's links to all of my books. My books are sold on pretty much every bookstore out there. I'm not just on Amazon. I'm on iBooks and Barnes & Noble and Kobo and Google Play and a few, uh, like 20 other places I can't quite remember right now. <laughs> um, but I, I am, I'm trying to be everywhere readers are so that I'm findable and chance it is free to download everywhere. And if you comes to a store where it is not free, it comes to my website and, or let me know, and I will get it to you for free because it is supposed to be free everywhere. But like certain stores, I will not name them. <laughs> keep changing it, even though I set it to free. I, I don't understand why, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> and so my newsletter, if you come to my website, um, I have links in any of the posts. You can read back issues on my website to see if it's kind of your cup of tea. Um, every episode, every newsletter is an episode. <laughs> It's run by my characters. There's very little involvement by me. I don't. It's all from their point of view. It's generally the little boy from the story that runs the newsletter. He also does all of my social media, <laughs> um, and he does answer emails. <laughs> you know, uh, send emails to my uh, author. Email and they account. can also you find will.
1: they can also find you on Facebook. Can they not? Yes, I'm on Facebook and.
2: Uh, Twitter and Instagram and all those places. Um, mostly on Facebook. There's so much. The author community on Facebook is just so huge and so strong and and boisterous. <laughs> I'm always on Facebook to to talk to them or to network with them. So
1: I'm I'm on Facebook a lot. So with that being said. Don't hang up when the show goes offline, but I do sure. want to thank you for spending an hour with me. It it's it's very much appreciative and very humbling because we're all very, very busy. Ladies and gentlemen, we will be back tomorrow night at nine o'clock Eastern Time with author Stephanie Osborne. She's been on the show a couple of times. She's got a whole lot of new stuff coming out. And remember this, we're all on a journey. And our journey is not someone else's journey, and sometimes those journeys are not a lot of fun. So when you're out and about, be kind, just be kind. It doesn't take anything to be kind, and when you give a blessing, you get a blessing. And also understand this, that if you want to achieve greatness, please stop asking permission because nobody's going to give it to you. It's like Melinda said, it took her two years to find a job. But it's not because she's not great, because she is great. The woman is fantastic. And she didn't ask permission to be great. She just did it. And look how it has helped her. Encourage your children to understand they are already great. They don't have to go out and ask permission. They don't have to ask permission from teachers, from peers, from strangers, or from family members. They are already great, and they are our future. So encourage them to make their greatness even better, and make your greatness better. With that, I will say thank you for joining us tonight here at Off the Chain. I am your host, Yvonne Mason, with my guest, author Melinda casera and the last name is spelled K-U-C-S-E-R-A. Check her out on her website on Amazon, everywhere books are sold. Friend her on Facebook, get her newsletter so you can see how her characters always are running rampant, until tomorrow night at 9 o'clock Eastern Daylight Time, we bid you all a good evening. Okay, we've gone offline, but everything sure. I tell you will show up in the archive show when people listen to it. But I did want to tell you, because I didn't know if you remember or I? not. Yes.
2: Oh, yeah, I need. I want to link to the archive show. I was telling my coworkers about it. Um,
1: well, I was going to tell you how, how we were going to do that. Yeah, oh, that's, okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Great minds running together. What I'm going to do when it archives, I'm going to post it on on my page, and I'm going to tag you in it. Okay. And then all you have to do is either copy and paste it or either kick it out there on your website or tag other people in it, and definitely. it will go all over the place. Yeah. So it's, it's real definitely. simple. it. It's real simple. And then tomorrow, I will put this show up on, well, it automatically goes up on Spreaker. And then tomorrow, I'll go into Spreaker and put it on SoundCloud and iTunes and iHeartRadio um, and YouTube. And it shows, and then I will go on SoundCloud and put it up on another, I I mean, a podcast that I have on SoundCloud that is called. actually I do it on Spreaker it's called Southern Chats with Yvonne Mason so on Spreaker it shows up on two podcasts which then generates to SoundCloud on two podcasts which then generates to YouTube on two podcasts it shows up on iHeartRadio on podcast. so it's oh. going to be on FM.com TuneIn Radio, iTunes YouTube, SoundCloud Spreaker, Podcast.com Podcast Garden and some third party um podcast that I don't put it up on that somebody else does. Cool. So you're gonna be heard everywhere, my darling. That's awesome. So also we'll be on Reverb Nation. That's awesome. <laughs> wow. That's that's awesome. And I will I will uh, tag you in those as well, and then you can shoot it out there to all of your network too. So yes, you will have access probably in the next forty five minutes or so to send it out to your network, your coworkers, your friends, your relatives, your enemies, your fans. Put it on your group page. Put it on your website. Put it anywhere you want to. That's Definitely. My gift to you. Yeah. Okay. It in my newsletter too. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, well, there you go, my darling. You're going to be heard in over 200 countries, too. Wow. I do you have such a huge following? We've been doing this for almost three years. And when I set it up, I also reached out to these other podcasts and put the archive show up on these podcasts. And there's people that are members of those podcasts that listen to the show that don't listen to it on blog talk but they listen to it on Spreaker, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, YouTube, um Fm dot com, Tune in Radio, IHeart Radio because see and we also get it on Stitcher. Stitcher and oh, okay. I Heart Radio you can get with Sirius, Rate with Cirrus which is in your car. Oh wow So yeah you, this thing just it just took on its own life form. That, wow, that's like that's
2: amazing. You said there's like two hundred fifty thousand people. That's just like mind boggling. <laughs>
1: yeah, when well, I heard that, it was like, what? Wow. Yeah, and over two hundred countries. I mean, we're we're hurting countries that people go. What we're hurting? Iraq and Iran and Egypt and Israel, Australia, Europe uh England do people Wyoming. write in from those countries? Sometimes they do. And we we've wow. watched the numbers rise over the years. So we're doing something right. That's amazing. We're at a hundred almost a hundred thirty seven thousand listeners just on blog talk. In about eight countries. Wow. That's incredible. We're, we're heard in the USSR, we're heard in um, Scandinavian countries, we're heard Norway, Switzerland, we're heard China, Africa, um, New Zealand, Australia. So, yeah. So that's why I say the more you put it out there, the more exposure you're going to get.
2: Yeah. I mean, I I that's what I'm trying to do in 2019 is, is- Part of be everywhere that readers are. Um,
1: well, this is no. just another tool for <laughs> you, my friend. This is just another tool, my gift to you. Have fun with it. Wow. Don't let it intimidate you. Have fun with it. No, I'm just like, I'm just awed at that. I mean, that's just incredible. And that you have such and, a huge and, following
2: and that you want me on the show. <laughs> I'm like, but of course, I can't believe that.
1: Why? This is what I do. Wow. I, I I want to see everybody that I interview, I want to see them be successful. Because of this show, Diane Moat, who has the Sam Holden series, last year, her books hit number one in Australia, which at the time was our number one listening base. And it was from this wow. show. Oh, I have a, I have a pretty good reader base in Australia. I, I...
2: From my blog days, somehow, the times that I was blogging, there was a huge Australian contingent on.
1: <laughs> so I have
2: something so i following you, there. So my closest fans are in
1: Australia. <laughs> so you pull them in. You send them this link so they can listen to it because it's it's – they're like seven, eight hours ahead of us. So they're probably still asleep now, but you send them this link and tell them that you were on this show and then ask everybody that you send this to or everywhere you put it at, ask them to share it as well. Yes. I And watch, it. And watch it grow. Cause we crammed a lot into this hour about your books. Yeah, I know. It was, Wow. I mean,
2: I still can't believe how much we talked about <laughs> Mine's like, I was like, wow. I mean, when I was first called, I was like, what are we going to talk about for an hour? What did we talk about last time
1: for an hour? <laughs> I was like, I well, we got everybody up to speed on your books because I went back and looked at your website. And there's so much information on your website And the last time that we talked, we talked mostly about you because you're the brand, how you got started and all this stuff. We talked about your sister and losing your sister, and that's what jump-started you to write. This time, I wanted to bring the books in because I saw some new books out there. I see where some new books are coming out. And I wanted to whet people's appetite by describing the covers and by talking about the books, how they came about, what's going on within the books to whet their appetite, especially the fantasy, the people that haven't read fantasy, this will get them where they, oh, let me go check it out.
2: Yeah. My stuff is, it's not as dark as the covers make them look. Um,
0: the covers aren't dark. More the, covers
2: are <laughs> the covers are beautiful. They're, they're, not, a, they're not like dark stories. Like everything kind of has like a happy now ending. Um, they're a little, I saw a little more on the lighter side of things. They um, do have a little boy in the story.
1: So. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's what I kept saying—the the father and his son, and and bringing all this out to to get people interested. So when you when you start spreading the news, let your your network know. Please share this, listen to it, and share it, and have your network share it, and that's how it gets out. I definitely will. It's my this gift so to fun. you. My gift this to you. So and will you, come, will you come back? Yes, of okay. course. This is so fun. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you want. <laughs> this is so all fun. Right. You've got a date, my darling girl. Just let me know. I, I will. I am going to let you go now so that you can go and soak it all in and not be overwhelmed. And we'll give this thing time to load up. And then I'm going to put it on my page, tag you in it and it will come up on your page and then you just take it and share it. Put it on all your pages and all your groups. Put it on your website. Link it to everything possible and then tomorrow I'll put it up on the other sites and send you those links as well. Mm -hmm. And and you're going to be overwhelmed again. That'd be a good feeling. (laughs) (laughs) Some of these covers were very expensive. I spent my entire Christmas bonus on book covers. (laughs) I understand that it'll, it'll all come back. Trust
2: me. It was a little scary too, though, you know, laying down that much money just for a book. I was like, am I going to make this
1: back? (laughs) You'll make it back. Scott Southworth is an an indie music artist. And he was on my show right before Christmas. And his promoter is Michael Stover with MTS management. I know you've seen me bounce that name around because Michael sends me a lot of these indie artists. And I told Scott, I said, Scott, you're going places. I feel it in my bones. You are going places. Well, he said, really? I said, yeah. I said, trust me on this. I said, Cherish Lee was on my show. Now, Cherish Lee was also one of Michael Stover's, is also one of Michael Stover's um, artists. She was on Mm -hmm. my show. And I told her the same thing. I said, you're going places, Cherish. Just hang in there. You're going places. Well, over the Christmas holiday, there was a movie called Going Home. Mm-hmm. And it was produced by Blake Shelton. The theme song from that movie was written and performed by Cherish Lee. Wow. Well, Scott, I told Scott that. He said, "You're kidding me." I said, "No." I said, "It was written and performed by Cherish, and it's her. It 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 played all during the Christmas holiday, we will probably p- play next year." And it now it's on Netflix and on demand and all the other on um the computer on all the places now that they put stuff. So I told him I said you're right. going places. So here lately he's been putting up. He was named Indie Music Artist of the Year by one of the major magazines, by one of the country music wow. magazines. He was named in the Indie Country Music Awards. He won best either best album or best single of the year. So just trust me when I say it's going to happen.
2: That'd be great because it's, it's hard when you go to work and, and you really want to work on your books and on the things you really enjoy and you're, you know, stuck with the drudgery of a day job and just have kind eight. of burnt out of the day job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have this, to like this, force myself to get out of bed like you have to pay the mortgage. The books don't pay the mortgage yet. You
1: right.
2: Need to go to work. But you just can crawl out of bed freezing cold.
1: It, it's gonna happen. Take this gift and put it out there. I will. I'm very excited about this. This was just this was so this is so fun. <laughs> Last year I was so cool. nervous. <laughs> this year was <laughs> I want fun. You to- Never be nervous, because I only eat people every other Thursday, and today wasn't the Thursday, so I, I tell oh, children so. <laughs> What I tell children is I say, look, I only eat children every second fun day of the month. This isn't a fun day, so you're safe today. I usually get a laugh out of them.
2: <laughs> that's great. That's a great way to put people at ease.
1: <laughs> yeah, just make them laugh. So go and enjoy the rest of your night. Let me get this up in the archive so I can send it to you. And know that your books, your covers are magnificent. And my suggestion is this. Yes. Is put yourself out there as a cover artist for other fantasy writers and see what happens. Even if you just do one or two. Yeah, you really think so? Yes, ma'am, I do. I really do. You have a gift. I really, really do.
2: I could do some, I could come up with some pre and that'd be a good way to kind of mm-hmm. get and out tweak there. them.
1: Yeah, and tweak them. And, and even if, but do not sell yourself short.
2: Oh, no, don't I know away. what fantasy covers cost.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got get, very educated in that. <laughs> don't give away your work. But start out at a reasonable cost, maybe to some new author that's totally blown away, overwhelmed, and say, okay, for X amount of dollars, I will do this for you. See what happens. You don't know the answer to the question until you ask the question. True and And I would venture to guess that if you do that thing, that the expense for your covers will come back to you in short order because you do a oh, beautiful yeah. job. That'd be great. I've got some bills <laughs> I've got some bills that need to be paid <laughs> well there' it it can't hurt to try it. no, it definitely can't. so there you go. If that's a challenge. I hear the wheels turning.
2: They definitely are. <laughs> I Trying to think of an idea that I could do. I was working on one actually for the one that doesn't have a cover. The um, the, uh Robin the Rogue, which I might be changing the title to that. <laughs> not sure. Well, where that and is.
1: and on your web page, put
2: She's up not really there. She's really robbing them. She.
1: <laughs> She's sort of taking her own child back. <laughs> well, she is a rogue. But on your on your web page and on your Facebook page and all your group pages, put up there that you created those covers and that you would like to, however you want to word it, create covers for other fantasy authors at a reasonable price. Shout is an
2: experiment. Yeah, I mean, there's some some of the more established authors and things don't they like to deride my covers? Uh, I've been told by some some of, the, some of the fantasy authors who've been in the indie business a bit longer that my covers are never going to sell. They're not great. You know
1: what that is? You know what that is? That's jealousy. That's what I was wondering, but, you know, it's, it's hard to tell. I
2: have been in the business as long as some of them have. It doesn't, doesn't matter. They're selling no, no, no. me, and you know, they're selling rings around me at the moment. But they also have larger bases. So, you know, it's it's they, hard when you're new. You're not been in And they know, also, out.
1: Melinda, they also have forgotten where they came from. That's the thing, and I try never to forget that. So, (laughs) do not do not listen to what other people say, because I would venture to guess that a they're jealous, b they their covers probably are not that eye popping. They all kind of look the same. I rest my
2: case, Your Honor. You know, there's that every genre has
1: that stereotypical book cover. Yep. And they're just cookie cutter copies of those. There you go. And that's, therein lies the problem. They are jealous. Yeah, their books sell because they've been out there forever and a day. But I would venture to guess that you are going to get to the top of the mountain. Go ahead and take a leap of faith and offer to do covers for some new authors. Pay it forward. I could try. I could definitely try. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> what well, as Yoda, says, as Yoda says, do or do not, there is no try. Star Wars. Speaking of Yoda, when Star Wars yes. was first presented to the movie industry to become a film, they said it will never sell. Take that one and chew on it for a little while. Same thing with our track. Pitched it yes. wagon train in space. <laughs> yes,
3: and exactly. Like, oh, no one will ever
1: watch that. Exactly. So you be true to you. You do you. Offer yes. your, your gift to someone else and watch what happens. I definitely would like to. I, I wanted to Get a little more experience with
2: the 3D thing, and some of them are just sort of like you know. Some of these look great because I spent like a thousand hours on them. <laughs> You'll get there,
1: but the only way yeah, you're no, going to get there—it's it's a learning curve.
2: It's a right. learning curve.
1: And 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 let doing and let doing covers for others be part of that learning curve. Yeah, you might have to take a hit or a couple of times. You might have mm-hmm. to charge less than what one would expect you to charge. But I guarantee you, word of mouth, it is the greatest advertisement out there. And your yeah, name will I, be on that cover.
2: Well, it'll, it'll be in the in the copyright. In the, exactly. Uh, in the copyright statement. They have to look the copy because I would own the copyright to it. Exactly. So the to cover because I created it. Mm-hmm. Right, I, I definitely have some science fiction assets that I bought because they were just really pretty. Um, but I can't use them for my books because I don't yet write science fiction. And I was like, you know, somebody this could make somebody a great cover. There you, <laughs> you know?
1: go, put that out there, just put it out there, see what happens.
2: Yeah, that'd be I love playing with it, so it's, it's
1: very relaxing after sitting in traffic for so like over mm-hmm. an hour. So there fun. you go. So the next time we talk you can tell me all the covers you've done for all these wonderful books and all these new authors and how excited they are. Oh, well, we'll see. I mean I hope so. But there's there's a within the
2: author industry there's 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 a lot of nastiness with covers. There's there's the there's the favorites that everybody tries to get on their calendars, and they'll pay, like, there's a couple of cover artists. People will pay thousands of dollars to one of their covers and then hope that they'll sell enough books to cover the cost of it.
1: Yeah. And where does like it Jennifer get them? Like Jennifer
2: and, they, and I, I have no idea. <laughs> they
1: philosophy make more money than I do. Is, my philosophy is this. I do not wear clothes with the name tattooed on the ass. I wear the clothes that I love. And if they're from Walmart and I love it, I wear it. That's right. the way that when when you present this, forget about all those people that pay thousands of dollars for a name brand cover. They're paying for that cover artist's name, not the cover, because I would venture to guess that all those covers look the same.
2: Not some of these artists. They definitely have a unique look. They're totally, they're totally different from anything else that's out there. I can't even figure out what genre they are half the time.
1: They're well, gorgeous. And, like, and I just what you are by looking at it, like what genre that is? Is is you lead the herd in fantasy. You stand out because you can. And from the covers that you have done for your books, they are standout covers. And that's why you're getting the hate mail because their covers all look alike.
2: Yeah. Well, they don't like the 3D thing. There's this thing. Well, but it's the future. It's the future, which is why I'm trying to get really amazing
1: at it because. Either either get on board, either get on board with the 21st century people, or your books are going to get lost in the thousands of fantasy books that are out there because they will not stand out.
2: Well, and, and one of the big stock houses that specifically caters towards fantasy has already said that they're not going to produce anymore. They're not going to do any photo shoots in 2020 because it doesn't make any sense to keep doing it because 3D is catching up and more and more. Mm-hmm. It, it's so much, it's cheaper for people to do a cover in, with 3D models and stuff Then for them to hire, you know, to go through and get the model releases and
1: hire the model, do the photo shoot and sell images. So you get ahead of that curve, my darling. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> All right. The next time you come on this show, you're going to have some cover sold. I guarantee it. I hope so. Yep. I will make some, I'll make some pre made and, and see what happens. It's like a plan to me. And I will get you back on this show. Yeah, let me know. It was fun. It was definitely a lot of fun. All right, sweetheart. I'm gonna get off from here. I gotta make. I've got to see if I've got some answers to some um, emails. I I mean messages I sent earlier, and they haven't messaged me back. I'm gonna to have to message them again because I got to change some phone calls I got to make tomorrow. And share the show. And I will be talking to you later.
2: Yeah, I need to get back to this uh, story that I'm submitting to an anthology. <laughs>
1: to All right, really, sweetie. I'm not done. done. <laughs> Go have a good evening. You too. Thank you. All right, baby. Bye-bye. Bye
2: bye. Bye.